0: Father, we thank you The time is now. Time is today. Not yesterday, not tomorrow, but today, now. You're the God of the now. You're the God of the future now. You're the God of the real. You're the God that's tangible. And your truth does do what it says it does, because you are the truth you do set people free and you do build your church and you build them by the pattern of your father the pattern of heaven heaven came down and started working and Father I thank you you've been building a church for 6,000 years you've been changing lives for 6,000 years you'll continue to change lives and build lives until you return I thank you, the time is now. God, I thank you, we can worship you wherever because you are everywhere. I thank you, it's not limited to Sunday morning. Wherever you are, we can find you because you're everywhere. You're in us. God, I thank you, the time is now. Thank you, we're learning. We're coming into what it means to really let go and praise and step out of ourselves, our own mind, our own will, our emotions and enter into you. Continue to teach us, Holy Spirit, to step into this kingdom that exists now, that has been present for a long time. It's here. It's here. You brought it with you. It is you. And you said, my kingdom is near you. It is to be in you and to come out of you. So, Father, we honor the God of the now, the God that is, that will always be, the God of the beginning and the end and everything in the middle. Father, I pray we would hear you today. We're prepared. The ground has been laid. The soil is fertile. We've entered in. We're ready to receive the seed. The word that builds as we hear, accept, believe, that it. it will perform its work within us. So we're ready, Holy Spirit. We ask you, Holy Spirit, to build us. We ask you, Holy Spirit, to lead us into the fullness of the Father. We thank you. This is the commission you've been given. You were sent. You are here to build the church, to build a strong, healthy, vibrant people. And so, Lord, again, we surrender to you and your way. We ask you to open the eyes of our hearts to hear and see. Phenomenal. It's incredible. No one like him. No one you'll ever meet like him. Until you meet a follower that carries him. And his followers were to be like him. And so when people meet the church, they meet God. That's a trippy thing, isn't it? When people meet people, Christ-like people, they meet God. They see God. They hear God, they receive God because we're becoming Christ-like. What an invitation. And um, I'm just in awe of him again, constantly in awe, constantly in, in reverence of just who he is and who we are in him and his plans and his purposes for us as his chosen people, a people that weren't that he says you are. Don't you love that? God takes the things that are not that the world looks at and laughs and he makes them his own. What qualifies us to be his is to not have it all together. <laughs> I'm so glad. Are you, Chris? What qualified me to be a follower is that not have life altogether. together. To be a bit of a broken mess, to not have it down, to not look the part, to not sound the part. And he goes, that's the qualification to be a son of mine. (laughs) Yes, I get in. Not on my own ability, not on our own looks or our talents, but just because he's good. And because he loves us. And he calls us into a life that the Bible says overcomes the world. He calls us, he chooses us out of despair. He found me in a mess, man, 1997, an absolute mess. But he says, son, although you're in a mess today, today I want to set you into life. You love that. It's today, see, not tomorrow. It was all in one day. He found me in a mess in a day and he took me out of a mess and put my feet on a rock in one day. He does amazing things today in the day because he's so good. And he says, son, I've called you to live a life that overcomes the world, a life that overcomes the adversary, a life that overcomes your flesh, a life that overcomes the systems, the draw of the world, the things of the world, the things that would entice you. I've called you out of a miry clay. I've put your feet upon a rock, Jesus Christ, to live a life that would be the demonstration of of what it looks like when God comes to change a person and a people. By faith, last week, by faith we what? Understand. Thanks, Tess Allen. By faith we understand. By faith we overcome. Powerful thing, this thing called faith. By faith, We come to understand. It's so essential as his children, we understand who he is, who we are in him, and his plan, so then we can align our entire lives to him. So by faith we understand, by the ability to see. That's what faith is. God has given us the Holy Spirit that we would see. So by the ability to see, we understand. By the ability to see, we overcome. Five-letter word, very important. So I want to partner with what Sandra said and just take it, not another level, but just another aspect of by faith. By faith we understand, by faith we overcome. We overcome the world. The temptations of the world. The world that tries to draw us in, doesn't it? We overcome our flesh because our flesh is connected to the world. We are born of the seed of the world, the flesh. And so the flesh still exists in us. And that's what Jesus came to change, didn't he? He comes and he puts his seed in us, which perfects our spirit. Then he says, I want your soul, your mind, your will, and your emotion transformed that part of you, which is the flesh, the worldly thinking that still thinks as the world thinks. I want to come and I want, to, I want you to overcome that. And you've got this other person called Satan, the adversary. But if you know me, son, none of those things are to have a hold on you. Why? Because Jesus overcame. Not because I overcame anything. Because Jesus went before us And he overcame. Isn't that good news? That it's not on my ability. It's not by Greg, your looks. Thank you, Jesus. It's not on the amount of hair you have. Thank you, Jesus. It's not on your ability to dress nicely, whatever. It's not on your sporting ability. It's not on your intellect, son. It's not on you to overcome. It's by the ability to see me. See yourself in me and see my plans, and receive all those things through my power, not through your ability, not through your ability to study facts or figures or know the you know the Hebrew or the Greek or the Afrikaans or the Maori. None of those things son. It's about faith. What qualifies you is your inability. And what promotes you is your surrender and your humility. And your willingness to be obedient to me. I can do that. I can let go of me. <laughs> you have issues with that, do you? <laughs> By faith. You see, when you start seeing, power comes. Why? Because you can see it. Oh my goodness. Do you know what you do when you start... You know, like in the world, when you get tempted by the world, when you see something, what do you do? You move towards it, don't you? Mm-hmm. So you know when you see something in the kingdom, what do you do? You move towards it, don't you? Don't you leave behind the thing in the world, what you were maybe doing, and you go, there's a new pair of shoes. <laughs> <laughs> they were a bit more shiny than what they looked like on the computer when I Googled them on the NZ Sale. <laughs> mm. Yeah, I'll get away with that. But see, when you see something in the natural, you move towards it. It's no different in the spirit. So by sight, by faith, when you see him, when you see yourself in him, and when you see what he has for us as his people, you leave one reality and you walk into it. That's not too hard, is it? It's pretty easy, isn't it? How, how easy is it to walk when you see something in the natural? That's pretty easy. It's not hard, is it? It's not hard in him either. We say it's hard because we're actually still trying to hold on. As soon as you let go, it becomes easy. So, oh, Christianity is really hard. No, it's actually easy, restful and peaceful when you let go. Say, Lord, how do I let go? Help me let go. Okay, I want to open your eyes to see. See, it's really hard to let go when you can't see, isn't it? So sight, faith, enables to let go of what I'm hanging on to, me. I need something greater to let go of me because I know me. I trust in me. I know that to a measure I can trust in my own ability. I don't necessarily know him. And I don't know whether I can fully trust in him, so I'm going to hold on to me. I know the offer sounds amazing, and I hear about the offer, and it sounds great. But in trying to live that out, there's just this tension, and I I just can't, so I'm just going to stay here. And that's why it's so important, guys, we pray. Mm -hmm. It's so essential we're a people of prayer, people that set time aside to seek and ask and not, because the Father longs to open our eyes. To see what is in him. It's right there. I'm not kidding. It's right there. He stood in front of two men that knew about him. That were at his death and his death on the cross. He stood before them and he started having a conversation with them. The Bible says they didn't recognize him that he was in another form. It's funny how we never recognize him when he comes in a form we've never known before. Isn't it? We have a set way. This is is Jesus and this is how it is. And and, and he goes, don't limit me to one form because you'll never see me when I come in this, 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 and this. See, these men, they, they couldn't recognize him because he came in a different form and they only knew him as one form. He's multifaceted. He's the manifold aspect. So that aspect, because they couldn't see and recognize him, Bob says, I was sad. I'm alive. <laughs> what are you sad for, man? I stand right in front of you. I'm alive. He says, you foolish and slow of heart. I'm talking to you and you're still sad. Because you think I'm dead, but I'm alive. Hello? Here come, the prophets, the prophets, your own people, the prophets, my sons, prophets. They wrote about me that you would know of this day. You slow and foolish and slow of heart. Where does sight come? I pray that your heart will be open to see. So he stands right in front of them, but because they're slow in the Spirit, because they don't understand the ways of the Spirit, they're still sad. They're downcast. They're depressed. Life sucks. Why? Don't you know the guy that we thought was going to take back the land? That he was going to be the king of Israel? Don't you know the story, mate? (laughs) Uh, Yeah, I wrote it. There's only one person that's not hearing, and it ain't me. (laughs) You see, their reality, because they couldn't see, was quite depressive. It was downcast. Where's the hope in this? The guy that we were trusting in, he died. He said, it's written, the prophet said I would die and I would rise again. When I was hanging around, I told everybody I'm going to die, but in three days I'm going to rise again. How come no one's here to greet me? Why have they all gone back to fishing? And why is everybody crying? <laughs> I wonder what would happen if Jesus leaves them in that state. Their whole life. Oh, he never rose again. He said he was going to And they walk like this with their heads down. Life sucks. Prison. Why? Because their eyes are on the earth. See, I give you faith to overcome the earth, the world. I open the eyes of your heart so you can see the true reality that's right in front of you. It's right in front of us. It's just called in the kingdom of God, which is the spiritual, invisible, but known, seen realm. It's the unseen, seen realm. But you can't see it in the natural. I love what Sandra said. Your natural senses don't see this. Your natural smell, no, no, it's, it's in the spirit. Yeah. Now, there's times when you can smell the aroma of God, but I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about our natural lenses can't see this. Their natural couldn't see Jesus. So their natural lens they're looking through is, I don't know who you are, mate. Where have you been? Well, I got nailed to a cross. I went <laughs> in the ground for three days. The power of God rose me up again, and now I'm here speaking again. What for? I want to bring you into life. I want to bring you into an overcoming life while you're here on earth that others in the earth would know who I am through you. And when they look at your life, they see something that's not of the world because they know the world really well. But what they don't know really well is me and my kingdom that I brought. So how about I break bread Who's the bread? Now, scripturally, we know his body was not broken, but his body was given. So I broke the bread, I blessed it, and I said, eat it. And when they ate the bread, their eyes were what? Opened. (gasps) It was Jesus! to overcome trial, tribulation tests, others stuff, things I'm not saying that life won't be difficult at times what I'm saying is we have the capacity in Christ to overcome the trial and the tribulation and live above it wow how cool is that that's pretty cool I'm going to read you the words of a song. By faith we overcome. The glory is yours. This is the name of the song. Listen to the words. The glory is yours. The kingdom has come. And the battle is over. What do you notice about those words? Firstly, the glory is his. The glory is yours. Jesus said, today I want to give you my glory. The glory that you left from, I want to put back in you. So man fell out of glory when we partook of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. We fell out of glory. Where's the glory to be? In the church. So I'm going to restore you to the glory that's mine. It's my Father's glory. He's given it to me, and I pass it to you, because you're sons of my Father. I am your brother as well as your Lord. So Father, the glory is yours. I'm going to reestablish the glory in the church. The kingdom, what? Has come. Now he's returning to establish his literal, physical kingdom upon the earth. We're not in those times. But the kingdom, the spiritual kingdom, has come. It's not coming. It's here. It's been here when Jesus turned up with it. That's why he said, my kingdom is at hand. Which means that we need to step into, through the power of the Holy Spirit, that's why we need to ask, seek, and not, what already is right there. We don't sit on the outside of it, continue to pray something. We step into it. Okay? Because it's come. And the battle is what? (laughs) Now, that is great news that the battle is over. Do you spend more of your life battling or living in victory? the battle's over. You see, the church is taught where to fight. No? And yes. The double-edged coin, this. But what happens is, see, we, we've dramatized this so much because it gives us a sense of accomplishment and purpose that we're fighting. Come on. I'm from Liverpool. It's in the blood. Come on. Especially if you're a Man United fan. Hey, James Thompson. And we exert all this energy and we exert all this time. And, oh, and we try and squeeze stuff out. And we think if we yell out enough, Jesus will hear us and the enemy will flee. God's like going yeah, I'm not deaf. And two, what are you doing? Um, you're, missing, you're missing it, man. I came into the earth, and I died, and I rose again, and I defeated Satan. It was me. Now, I know this might be news to you. It was me. Not you, Greg, me. You can't defeat anything. You can't even defeat yourself. You love yourself, son. So you can't defeat nothing. I defeated it all. Why? So you can live in victory. Stop trying to do my part and pick up your part. It's a lot easier. You're not as shattered. It's restful, peaceful, joyous, and you smell of life. (laughs) It's good news. (laughs) Who's that? Oh, that's the Christian that's trying to do it all. See, that was the curse of the garden, wasn't it? You will toil with sweat. Because you have fallen. And so Jesus has to come and rescue us. He has to be the curse. The one that was hung on a tree is cursed. So he has to take the sin of the world on him that you and I can just walk out in victory and not have to toil and sweat and petition and stuff. Please hear what I'm saying. I'm for prayer and for petition and prayer, but it's done from peace and rest. It's not done from sweating and trying to squeeze something out and almost begging God. He said, I died, I rose again, I defeated the enemy so the church can be victorious. Are we tracking with me? By the ability to see what is already finished, you will overcome. And so often we're trying to overcome through our ability, aren't we? We're trying in our strength, we try and muster it up, If I just read harder, if I pray harder, if I get out there and reach the lost harder, if I understand my gift and do all the things I'm supposed to do as a good Christian, if I try, certainly my effort will pay off. (laughs) You just get shattered. And then you get annoyed. And then you turn around and you go, it don't work. And you're not answering my prayers. You know, because you're doing it your way and it's all in your strength and, you know, can you just sit here for a minute and let me talk to you? No, I'm too busy. I've got a world to reach. I've got things to do. The dishes, the washing, the reading, the praying, the giving, the this, the that, the this, the that, the this, the that. There's too many things to do. I don't have time, Lord. Don't you know I'm doing it all for you? Just in my name. He says, I'd love you to just sit here so I can share some things with you. The battle is over. Our role is not to battle, but to live in the victory of the battle Christ has won. Jesus is our example. So when the enemy came to Jesus in Luke 4, he didn't stomp, he didn't jump, he didn't break a sweat. He spoke. Why? Because he knew who he was. See, the reason we enter into false battles is because we don't know who we are. Our identity, which is found in him, not in trying to find it yourself, outside of him. It's in Christ Our identity is in Christ. So we must look to Christ if you want to know who you are. Don't look to yourself. Don't even look at the scriptures. Look to him. In Christ is everything. So as I look to Christ and Christ reveals who I am in him, then I know truth, don't I? So which means I know and can discern when someone's lying to me. So the adversary just tells lies, doesn't he? I've had demonic presence in my room. So I've experienced the demonic. I've touched it, spoke to it, it disappeared. I've seen it in others' lives. I've seen it in people. But it has no authority. I'm the one with authority. So when I know who I am, I stay at rest and peace. But the authority in me but I must know who I am as a son, which means I must know who he is, because I can't know who I am unless I know who he is. And so I just speak the truth because I recognise the lie. So he tries to lie. He's the father of lies, but I worship the father of truth. So if I know the truth, there ain't no battle. The battle is when I don't know the truth. He will even use God's word to battle with me. Hence, I better know Jesus, not words on a page. Jesus, he only knew the words on a page. So he takes the logos, the words on the page, and he throws them in as a psalm and says, it says that the angels will pick you up. Jesus says, yeah, that is truth, but that's not a living truth. And I'm the truth. So I know the truth and I recognize that is the truth, but that is also a lie. Are you that discerning that you can discern the difference when he's going to use the word to baffle you and try and create you a flesh battle which will keep you bound up and fighting in things and it's using all this time and energy in your prayer room and your prayer closet? And it's all, oh, come on, come on, I'm Anthony Joshua. Come on, come on, Parker. You think you're going to beat the English champ? Not a chance. Come on. It's all over in five rounds. You've heard it here at the rock. It's all over in five rounds. He'll just look at him and he'll go, oh, I'm out of here. (laughs) Back to the plan. Come back with me. (laughs) Sorry, Father. I'll leave them there. Come back to me. (laughs) And so we exert. I don't see Jesus doing that. I just see Jesus talking and speaking and moving on. And then it says at the end, it says, the enemy will come back at an opportune time. So he's going to give you and throw his best game at you if you are Christ-like. Can I be really truthful? He doesn't bother with a church that doesn't know who she is. So we use the enemy as an excuse a lot of the times. It's not. It's because we're not living from the spirit. We're living from the flesh. So he wants us to overcome the world, which is our flesh, not use him as an excuse because, guys, he doesn't bother with people that don't know who they are. We are well kept in our own stuff. He is not God. He is not omnipresent, is he? So why would he bother trying to deceive people who are already deceived because they are really living in the world? He goes after those who know who they are in God because they're the ones bringing the kingdom. So it's essential that we are the sons of the Most High God, living as sons. We are sons, but are we maturing? And you will attract opposition from everyone and anyone in your life, if you are maturing. Because the world, the flesh, doesn't like it. And when I say anyone, I mean anyone. I mean your wife, your husband, your children, your brother, sister, mother, your in-laws, your friends, your colleagues, your neighbors, because you're growing in the realm of the Spirit, and the reality of the Spirit, and you live differently. Now, at the same time, you'll attract people because they'll be attracted to who is in you because you're overcoming. Let me just throw you some scriptures at you. So 1 Corinthians 15, 55. O death, where is your victory? O death, where is your sting? The sting of death is sin, and the power of sin is the law. But what does it say? That's the bad news. But thanks be to God who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. So Jesus comes to break the power of sin, the power of death. What? That we can be free. He didn't just die for our sin. He died to break the power of it. That's good news, isn't it? And to, to he died for the power of death. There is no death in him. Now, I'm not saying when we lose a loved one, we don't mourn. But like I said the other week, is our mourning defined by our hope? Because we're not to mourn like the world mourns. that has no hope. We're to mourn like the people who have hope mourn. So there's actually life in the mourning. Why? Because we know our loved one, if they're in Christ, is not dead. My father is not physically here on earth, but he's alive and well. So I celebrate that. There's not time to be in morbid mourning. Can I say that? Fleshly mourning. There's not time, because you know why? Because when you're consumed in that, what are you not doing? You're not entering in. You see what I mean? You've hoodwinked yourself. The enemy has hoodwinked you, or your flesh has hoodwinked you. So why you spend like, Months and months and months here, and the person's not dead. He's going, what are you doing? There's a life to live. You're all mine. You're not even one another's if you're in me. They were my child, not yours. So let's enter into the life because you're missing out on life because that person is not dead. They're with me. Can you hear what I'm saying? So the issue is with us. And because we haven't yet maybe come into the reality of truth and we're in that real state, that can sound really harsh, but it's not when our eyes are opened. We're like the two guys on the road to Emmaus that can't see. You see, perspective is a powerful thing. You see something and you genuinely think it's real, but it's not. But it's your reality, but it's not the true reality. Can you hear what I'm saying? It's really dangerous. Because you're going to make decisions based on what you think is true, and it's not. This is the power of faith that overcomes, because you can see and go, oh my goodness, I was lied to my whole life. I've believed a lie. I've lied to myself. I've wasted time. Why? Because I couldn't see. And he says, I've come to bring you sight. I've come to bring to open the eyes of your heart that you would what? What? know who I am. Not just that. That you would know the riches of the inheritance that I died for you to have. Not just that. That you would know the power of my resurrected life. That you would live a life above the earth because you've overcome the world. Not through your ability. What? Through me in you. Through the power of me. For Christ, this tells me, died that we would live a life of victory. That's in Christ, But thanks be to God who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Come with me to Acts 2. Acts 2, verse 23. More good news. This man, Jesus, delivered over by the predetermined plan and foreknowledge of God. Always going to be. Because he loved you and I. Predetermined. Jesus couldn't get out of it We wanted to. It was written in ink before we were even born. The story was written before you even breathed. Before you even sinned, the story was written. That's a bit trippy, isn't it? Get your heart around that, not your mind. You nailed to a cross by the hands of godless men and put him to death. Here we go. But God raised him up again putting an end to the agony of death since it was impossible for him to be held in its power. Impossible for God, Jesus, to be held in power. That power is available for you and I. He bought us, raised us. I'm born again through the power of the resurrected life. Paul said, I want to know the power that rose Jesus from the grave. That's the power that the early church were baptized into. That's the power I got baptized to in 1997. It lives there, breathes there, is there. You can feel it. It's tangible. It creates life. creates passion, purpose. Woo, man. It's awesome. And it's that power that's going to raise me up again when I physically die. See, there is no death. He died for the power of the sting of death so the church could be free when? When you die? No, now. Thank you, Brad. What do we start saying in the morning? Now, 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 now. And the future is now. It ain't tomorrow, guys. So if we're not in the now, we need to step into it. We need to what? Let go. If we can't see, do you know what you need to do? Trust. Trust. When you can't see, trust in someone who can. If you don't know anyone physically that's seeing, I know someone who sees. His name is Jesus Christ. And he says, I am. That's enough. So if you can't see it, trust and step into it so you can see it. Leave. Leave you. And step into Him. Oh, it's good news. John sixteen, the scripture's everywhere. Is good news. It's a good news book. Sixteen thirty three. Listen to these words. These things I have spoken to you, so that in Me you may have peace. See, the peace is found in Christ. So we need to know Christ to have the peace in us. Christ lives in us, doesn't he? So we're living from peace. Do I know him? Am I maturing in Christ, Christ being formed in me, that I have true peace? So you have the potential to have a peace that guards your heart and your mind, not just something that he puts in you in a moment to help you, but you live from. Because why? Because it's in Christ and I'm seeking Christ. In the world you will have tribulation, but take courage. I have overcome the world. So Jesus overcame the world so you and I can overcome the world. Not through our ability, but through him. 1 John 5, bringing it to a close. 1 John 5, verse 1, 4, and 5. 1 John 5, overcoming the world. Whoever believes that Jesus is the Christ is born of God. Do you believe that you are born of him? That's five people. Yes. I'll take five. Run with five. Jesus had 12. I'm running with five. Come on, guys. Do you believe? Yes. Okay, well, here's going to be what God wants for us. Whoever believes that Jesus is the Christ is born of God. Now, come down with me to verse 4. For whatever is born of God, which is us, overcomes the world. That is, And this is the victory that has overcome the world, our faith. So if we're born of God, one of the aspects or the attributes of being born of God is that we overcome the world. The world is the wisdom of the world. It's pulled, it's temptations, it's alluring. All the things that the world paints as being life, which are just a lie, that draw us in. Through our ability to see, we overcome. Why? Because we're looking at something far better than that. You understand why faith, hope, and love and the grace of love are so important? You understand why sight is critical as a follower? Because if you can't see what's in the invisible realm, you're going to look at the visible realm. And you'll be focused on it because you have the lust of the flesh and the pride of life. And the eyes, which are the physical eyes, which are the window of your soul will be drawn. What is that lightning? What is that glitter? We've done it in the church. We paint it up with lights, music, all the things that are from him. But we've twisted them, not knowing it, even in his name. It's about professionally speaking now. It's about such an orator that you just captivate everybody with the technicality of your words. And everyone is almost spellbound by the orator that stands in front of you. Wrong word, but you are. Now, wow, the way that person rips apart the scriptures. I'm turned on mentally. (laughs) We laugh. That's what's happening spiritually. You're being turned on in your mind and captivated in your mind by words that are empty and dead. And you are lured away. And we follow the man or the woman and not the man. You see, Paul got this. He said, I'm not a man of persuasive words. Please have a little time with me because I'm... It's going to sound so foolish. I I only preach Jesus and Jesus crucified. That's the message I got. Simple, two words, Jesus, Jesus crucified. If you just know him, life will change. What sort of fool is that? You see, we get sucked in. And because the flesh is in us, people say, we're not of the world. Really? I hope we're not. We're not called to be. But does the world live in you? You have the Spirit of God living in you. But what else do you have in you? The flesh. This is what He's come to perfect, hasn't He? Work out your salvation. So I start the process. By baptizing you in my spirit and my power. Why? So you can overcome through the ability to see. Now I'm going to finish the process. We've got us faithful to finish what he started, correct? Yes. What if I say no? Is he still going to finish the process if I say no? I don't think he will. Because no. he wants your agreement. Yes. That's why you have to choose him and that's why people reject him. God sends no one to hell, they send themselves there because they reject the offer. So you and I reject our inheritance. Why? Because we say no. Now you may not even realize you say no. Why? Because you may not be able to see. So like the two road guys on the road to Emmaus, you're living from a wrong perspective and you're making decisions based on that, and Jesus is standing right here going, It's me. This is me. But you can't see the, your heart condition and it's me and I've come to do a change, but we reject it. So he starts the work, he will finish the work as I play my part, which is surrender and obedience. And then all of a sudden, because I'm entering into this process with him, I start seeing what has always been in front of me. How cool is that? It's always been here. I just haven't been able to see or hear it. And because I can see it now, I'm moving towards it. So there's the world, and I turn out of the world, and I'm just now living in the kingdom life. Seek first the kingdom and his righteousness, not those other things that you need. As you seek the basic things of life, the starting point, and you start to realize that I am your provider, I am your food, I am your clothing, you'll actually start longing for the greater things that are in the kingdom, and the world will just be a distant memory. You see, there's these two portals that are operating on this earth. There's the portal where we were in the world. And I looked and I see this tiny little portal in the distance and I see kingdom of God. But I'm in this massive world and all of a sudden the power of the Holy Spirit starts to draw me because man cannot come to God unless he's drawn. And so the power of God starts to draw me towards this little portal and all of a sudden I enter into this kingdom through the power of the Spirit and now I've left one world and I'm in another. And I look back and I see this tiny little portal, which was the kingdom of the world I was living in. But now I'm living in the kingdom of God and I'm looking around going, my goodness, this is rich. This is abundant. There is no lack. You stand on the grass and it comes back. There's an abundance of food. Why do I need to protect myself? Why do I need to hold on to my finances? Why do I serve me, look after me when I'm in a kingdom that Doesn't live like that. Doesn't think like that. Doesn't speak or act like that. There's just more and more and more. And there's no lack and it never runs dry. And then I live in the world but with this new reality in me. So the world can't touch. Because I'm not eating from it. Why? Because the food over this is so good. And I've said this a trillion times. Why would you want to eat baked beans when you can go and eat five-course cuisine food? And it's right in front of you. It's because you don't know it's there. Because you can't see it. So he says, by faith, I've overcome that you would partake of me and drink of me. So you'll never be thirsty and hungry for the things you used to be hungry and thirsty for. Listen to what he goes on in verse 5. Who is the one who overcomes the world but he who believes that Jesus is the Son of God? When I say believe, when the Bible talks about believe, it's not talking about a mental agreement. It's not saying from your mind, you go and study all the facts and get all the evidence and go, well, the best option is probably that, yep, he is the God of the universe. So I make a mental, intellectual decision in God. I believe in my mind. That's not what the Bible's talking about. When the Bible says believe, it means to be fully convinced of the reality of truth because the power of the word has brought you to that place. You can't believe like that in you. Now, he might take your mental understanding. Okay? So you may have heard the gospel and gone, I agree with that in my mind. And he'll take it because it's not wrong, but it's a means to a greater end. And so you might step in mentally first, intellectually, and go, I believe. But then God wants to do a work in your spirit, in your heart, and your mind. That can happen simultaneously, okay? That can all happen at once. I believe, Boom. I'm here. What do I do now? Repent and get baptized. Sweet ass, where's the pool? <laughs> Didn't that happen, Jane, just the other week? Jane's cousin, here's the gospel, Danny preaches. By the way, you know what was really cool? You know what got her? The movie clips. The movie clips was what got her. Jesus uses all things, doesn't he? Because she'd studied the movie for a past degree or something. or Her thesis. She comes the first time ever. And Danny Langstrat decides, God speaks to Danny about playing the movie. And there it is. and Bingo. The next week, she's getting baptized in her bath. Yes. <laughs> Amen. Gee, that sounds like that. Why? Because the belief hits the heart, hits the spirit. She hears the word that, bang, has an impact. And the natural response when you believe is to step forward. Why? Because it's not because you overcame it's not because your ability it's the power of the word Jesus that you receive now through the power of him that actually motivates you out of you you're like what am I doing anyone felt that you run from there to there and you're like how did I get here anyone relate to this I've been in meetings where you run you're like "Uh uh-oh how did I get here Everybody's looking. But you don't care. You see the power. This happened to my young brother Elam years ago. I'm not going anywhere. No, no, no. The old guy's calling for the old call. He's, he's wrestling in himself. And all of a sudden, he said, Greg, I felt my feet move. My legs started moving. I'm like, What are you doing, legs? It's like, and he's now at the front committing his life to Christ. This was years ago. He'll tell you, that wasn't me. Something greater that's in me, that's in the world. Isn't that what he says? Greater is the one that's in us than the one who is in the world. Greater is Christ in me than Satan and everything that's in the world that I would overcome the world because the one in me is greater than that. He's greater than every trial, tribulation, death, because he's overcome it all. So whoever believes is a son, which is you and I, have been chosen to overcome the world. Amen? What an invitation. And he says, don't fight because the battle is won. Stand and resist the schemes of the enemy. You stand firm because you know who you are and you resist. Sorry, that's a lie. That's about as much battle that goes on. It's pretty easy, eh? I come to give you rest. Live in me. I'm not saying what's happening within you is fierce. It's fierce. It says that people took the kingdom by force. See, this is an act of rest. It's powerful. It's not casual. So when you stand there, an enemy comes. It's not this... Sweet ass, bro. Chill out. Have another drink. It's an absolute powerhouse that's in front of you, standing with authority, but it's still at rest and peace and joy. It's like when he, what does it say? The meek inherit the earth. Do you know the word meek is not pathetic limp? It's powerful. So it was power, love, that kept him like that. He could have stepped off and dealt to every demonic presence that put him there. But it was meekness that kept him there, power. It's like the stallion racehorse that the gates open and it, and it doesn't move. We can know that. Amen. Amen. So Father, I thank you that you're delivering your powerful manna from above here through all of us, Lord. We all carry this. We're all to be vessels of your word. I thank you that you love us. You're calling us. We believe in you, God, not just mentally, but through heart today, God, and I pray that we would seek you for greater heart uh, conviction, Lord, to be fully convinced of everything that you are, who you are, who we are, and what you what you say. Lord, I pray that as we meditate on what we've heard, as we continue to eat and drink of it, you will form your life within us. And Lord, the world, the enemy, and our flesh would no longer have a grip. But the day we repent, we turn, we acknowledge we need to ask for any sort of forgiveness, we do, and we move towards you. In Jesus' name. Amen.